Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 365 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Pink Seals answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, welcome to all of you listeners out there back again for another show. And uh, and uh, hopefully you're having a good day today. And where we are today, it is Valentine's Day, so. Hope you're enjoying your Valentine's Day. Yes, happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Wow, that is interesting, Alice. You know what? Because you brought that up, I think we should change the schedule and go with what happened on this day or on this week straight away. Oh, okay. Well, on this week, um, it is Zhang Ke's birthday. So Zhang wow. Ke, yeah, um, he's actually born on the 16th of February, 1988. So he'll be, th- he's only 34. Amazing, huh? Amazing, so, um, yeah. Yeah, still relatively young, but yeah, not playing now. But what a record, you know. And and at one stage, you would have put him in there with, uh, with thoughts of being, you know, one of the greatest of all time. You know, certainly not ahead of Waldner, but um, you would have <laughs> of thought you <laughs> but yeah, he won a he won um, the gold medal in singles at the Olympics in 2012 in London, mm-hmm. um, and also the and also the teams there won a teams gold medal in 2016 in Rio, um, but also has won two world singles championships. So you know, pretty formidable record there, really, and um, and a, and two um, World Cup singles events as well. So yeah, pretty. Uh, um, auspicious sort of uh, record for Zhang Jiko and definitely one of the best of all time. Um, yeah. And, and when uh, you talk about the best of all time, like I feel like some of these Chinese players are at a disadvantage because they don't get the opportunity to show their longevity. They kind of get, I don't know if it's pushed out or, or better players come along, but the Chinese players don't tend to have as long a careers as maybe some of the other greats from other countries. Yeah, so certainly not at the back end. Yeah, they, I mean, as we said, you know, just 34 years of age coming up, and yeah, there's certainly a lot of 34 uh, year olds out there that are that are doing great things on the on the world scene. Um, yeah, so but but I mean, I think the other thing with a lot of the Chinese um, players is they start so young um, and have been playing for a long time by the by the time they get to 30. Um, so, you know, maybe they, you know, either their bodies are wearing out or their minds are, you know, becoming less, um, less motivated, um, after playing for so long. So, yeah, I think, um, you can say that, yeah, they, they do get pushed out, but they also start early and, um, and do a lot of their good work early in their careers too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, happy birthday, Zhang Zikur. There you go. Now, just. Jumping all over the place today, Alois. I oh, want that's to go straight nothing new, to the really. Almanac 2022 calendar. Because, what? Yeah, what? because what? the uh, the video sharing website YouTube, where yeah. a lot of our Ping Skills videos uh, can be found, was first registered on Valentine's Day in 2005. 2005 YouTube. Yep, My registered goodness. on Valentine's Day. 17 years and that's it yes oh that's it that's really strange isn't it like so in 2004 at the athens olympics there was no youtube wow that's correct 
no one had no one had even heard of it. No, yeah. didn't exist. <laughs> That's amazing. That's, didn't that's exist. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, now. <laughs> I've been back at work a little while, but I'm still, you know, looking forward to a vacation at some stage. And well, you know yeah. what I found out about bread? No. You know what bread does on a vacation? No, Loafs Jeff. around. <laughs> Loafs around. Mildly amusing. Mildly. Mildly, yeah. And do you know why skunks... Make uh, don't make very good soldiers. Why? I know I don't know, Jeff. Yeah, well, skunks don't make very good soldiers because they're bad at taking odors. <laughs> oh, Jeff. <laughs> yep. The good part is that you've got another week to come up with some proper jokes. <laughs> okay. I'm still looking for someone to send me some. So hop on the Pink Seals website and uh, go to the contact us. It's down the bottom. Be a little email picture down the bottom. Click on that. Contact us. Send in your jokes. Yes, I want to hear please. from you. Please. Please do that. <laughs> do, you, do you think that maybe people think that it's just your delivery and, they, and they're worried about putting their name to a joke that just dies? I have no end? idea what you're talking about. I think yeah, people mate. love my delivery. Right. <laughs> I, 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 that's definitely not the issue. One hundred percent not the issue. Not the issue. Okay, good. <laughs> good to hear. Uh, uh, but that does bring us on now, almost back to normal scheduling, to the tip of the week. Oh, okay. The tip of the week. Well, the tip of the week this week is to really put some more importance on the short push. Um, now, in table tennis, uh, we tend to get drawn into the bigger top spins and the smashes and the faster shots, um, which are important and they look good in a rally. And, you know, they're now um, we're seeing at the top level that yeah, there's more of those type of strokes. But if you watch the best players, they can set, they rally up with the short push um, and the short serve. And that's a really important skill that often just gets um, forgotten about, I guess, because it doesn't really make the highlights real. You know, when, when you see the highlights of a match, it's all about, um, you know, the big tops in the top spin or the counter punching or the counter spinning type shots, um, you know, the round the nets, etc. cetera. But um, the non-sexy, um, shot is that short push that really sets up all of that so my tip of this week is to just start to put some more importance on the short push and how do you perfect you know that that short perfect push that you see that the best chinese players um performing and, and you know they they really do that well you know ma long um has got a great short push fan zendong great short push so um what yeah. about zhang Zikur? Uh, Zhang Zikou had a fantastic short push too. Yeah, <laughs> of absolutely. course, all the best players they're going to have fantastic yeah. short pushes. Yeah, and and the, the the thing with that short push is that if you don't have it, then if someone's serving short to you with backspin and you can't make that you know um, that banana flick or or whatever, then you're in real trouble. You know, you're going to give 
um, your opponent a really a weak ball that they're going to start to dominate the rally on. If you can make a good short push, on the other hand, then you start to dictate and take control of the rally. Yeah, yeah, it's important. And um, this is a great tip of the week because it ties in so nicely with our latest video, Alloys, Perfect Pushes. Yes, yes, the perfect push. And uh, we've got a little uh, secret in there for you as well if you haven't seen the um, the short push video, the perfect push video. So, yeah, so... Uh, so, yeah, so that gets, yeah, that gets sent out um, with the weekly newsletter every week as well. So if you're not on the newsletter list, make sure you jump on there. Um, it's a free newsletter, um, and all you need to do is um, to sign up uh, on pingskills.com if you haven't already done that, and then just tick the newsletter option, and uh, you'll receive um, the tip of the week, or you'll receive video each week, and you'll receive um, lots of information about uh, about table tennis. Yes, good, good tip. And um, if if you do go to the homepage right now, you see the latest perfect push, and there's a picture of you there, Alois, holding a sword. Well, that's the secret. <laughs> I just gave it away. Yeah, Sorry, exactly. People. Yeah, oh, but, but you still got to okay. watch it now because why is he holding a sword? <laughs> you look very exactly. enthusiastic too with that. I sword. did. I. I did get a little ribbing from uh, a few people around the place during the week uh, because of that video, but... but... <laughs> Pull out the sword. All right. <laughs> Good one. Okay, well, um, that brings us on to the questions. Have you yes. got your thinking cap on? Yes, indeed, I have. I've been psyching myself up for the questions. Excellent. And uh, first up is a question from Jasper, regular contributor, and and he asks about uh, serving because he says, since the server has so many different options for a serve, what should the receiver be thinking of before the point begins? It's a really important um, point here, um, Jasper. Um, And one we... uh, we do get the question about sometimes, but it's one that I find that players don't do that well a lot of the time. So when your opponent's serving, they've got the ball in their hand. Basically, the options are endless. You know, they can they can do a fault. They can <laughs> do, you know, uh, they can do a really good short serve, a fast serve, a long serve, a top spin, a back spin, a whatever, whatever, whatever. So... If you're trying to wade your way through all of those options and try to predict what they're going to do, um, you're going to get yourself into trouble because you're going to start moving in a direction where you're um, where you think that ball's going to come. Remember, at the other end is a person with lots of options in their head and lots of possibilities that, that they can serve to you. So, what do you look at? What do you do? Um, when you're uh, receiving. And the key is that you need to just pay attention to the ball. And by paying attention to the ball, you'll pick up all the cues of, um, you know, the little, the subtle changes that they make with their, even with their ball toss, with their hand, with with, uh, their racket, with their body. And you'll start to pick up all of those little cues earlier than if you had set your mind on i think he's going to serve long top spin to my back end because your your mind is already stuck in that and then it's 
it's less flexible and less able to to change and adapt if they serve it short to your forehand, for example. So, so Jasper, this is a re I'm really glad you brought this one up this week. Um, it's a really important uh, point that I want all of you to to think about um, when you're receiving is just focusing on the ball and keeping your mind really open and ready to um, to to receive the ball. And the, remember, the ball can go anywhere until they hit the ball. Basically, um, you know, the ball can go anywhere. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I guess that kind of simplifies things, doesn't it? You don't have to focus on or, or worry about all these things that may or may not happen. Just focus on the ball, watching the ball and then reacting. And that reminds me of another video that we have where you talk about a similar thing, but during the rally, like improving your reflexes. How is it that some people, you know, seem to know where the ball's going? all the time and i remember in that video you said a very similar message alice it's about watching the ball really closely and then yeah. picking up those cues that you were talking about yeah exactly exactly yeah um yeah it's very similar very similar concept um you know it's all around watching the ball and i think um if you think of it this way if you're watching a match or you you would have found it sometimes yourself um when the opponent serves a really bad serve, for example, you know, they serve it and it maybe hits the edge of their racket or something or um, and it bounces up, you know, um, really high. How often do you see that the receiver misses that return? Because <laughs> all their attention is on, you know, it's going to be short, it's going to be long, it's going to be this and that. And then suddenly their mind is drawn away because suddenly there's this really bad serve in front of them. That they that you that they tend to you know muck up you know they might even miss the ball completely. Um, sometimes you see them fall over, and it happens in in other sports too. And um, you know here in Australia we see it in cricket often. Um, you know a bad ball, uh, a bad bowl uh, can often get a wicket because that's not part of the options that uh, the batter is is entertaining at the time. So. Um, yeah, and and you know, you can you can then think about it with all, with a whole lot of other sports as well. So true, so true, and 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 that just raises another little interesting thought in my mind, which is probably not correct. But should you then just occasionally throw in like a really dodgy serve just to trick your opponent? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember. I remember mucking around with this and we were being quite silly um at times when we were younger you and were being just, silly well not me i, <laughs> I remember some other people perhaps um and and just doing the the bounce serve so you know so get ready and and everything everything's all in place and then you just like smash the ball into the table and and bounce the ball up really high and it, it was amazing how many times you caught the receiver out because they just weren't <laughs> expecting this bouncy really high serve that really they should be able to smash away well, maybe try it in practice. Uh, don't try that in a really important match. Yeah, no, nah, nine all in the fifth. No, don't. Not, not, not the time to try it. But, because um, if they are following your advice and just watching the ball closely, then they're going to be ready and they're going to adapt quickly and hit a hit a really good shot off that. Exactly. But oh, yeah, but give it a try. Give it a try and practice. Nice. Yeah, yeah, give it a try and practice. Just serve a really bad serve. Think, serve the worst serve you can think of. 
and yes. see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. All right, thanks for the question, Jasper. All right, next next question is about Vladimir Samsonov, and um, we want to know what is the plan of Vladimir Samsonov's playing style. You're a big fan <laughs> of of Samsonov, Alois. Yeah, I am. And, you know, in the previous question, we were talking about watching the ball. Man, does Samsonov watch the ball well? He is just um, almost looks like he he just sees the ball so clearly. So what's his playing style? You know, often we we think about him being such a good um, defender. He... He can control the ball from anywhere. Um, you know, he almost looks like he's allowing his opponent to just uh, attack him. But he will also take advantage of any weaker balls and, and um, play stronger balls off off, um, off the weaker ball. But I think the, the thing for me about Samsonov's style, and it's funny how it just relates back to that previous question, it's about him just... Watching the ball, not being afraid if his if his opponent attacks, he just deals with it, um, sees the ball, give and then uh, makes the best option off uh, off any of those balls. Yeah. So, um, but and I think you know if if you're thinking about um, uh, emulating Samsonov style, think about you know that um, being passive, I guess, or you know just um, not being afraid to be attacked but also there is also the the option that when you do get weaker balls that you can put them away as well yeah yeah that's a good point and i think the other thing about like samsonov if you say he's passive it's not totally passive because he places the ball so well and he actually makes it hard for the opponent to make a really strong attack like he never gives the opponent a really easy ball and then he's so good at that you know being the wall that his placement and and his reading of the play that he doesn't get you know um, as big of a tax as some other people might against him. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So uh, yeah, but I mean, if you haven't seen uh, Vladimir Samsonov uh, play, do yourself a favour, get on and uh, watch some of his matches as well. Nice one, definitely, Samsonov. All right. Um, next question is from Ken. And Ken likes to play close to the table, so he wants to emulate Mima Ito, who he says is currently ranked third in the world. Um, and she uses short pips on her backhand. So um, Ken's really wondering, should he be adopting that playing style and should he be using short pips on his backhand? And, yeah. and he also talks about how Mima Ito doesn't use a conventional backhand stroke. So can you talk a bit about her playing style, and then give some advice to Ken for us, Alice? Yeah, yeah, sure, um, Jeff. Yeah, so Ken, yeah, Mima Ito, uh, I, I love watching her as well because because of uh, the simplicity of her style, I guess. It is simple, but it's also difficult. So that backhand stroke that she plays, and she's got more of a medium-ish type pimple, um, uh, and she's so she's got a very low margin for error over because the, the net. What, what's what's the effect of that medium pimples on her stroke? Yeah, so it it reverses the the spin a little bit. So you know th- there's a bit of reversal, but it is still quite flat. So when when um, her opponents are at uh, top spinning to it, 
Um, she's hitting it really flat, and the ball's skidding through a lot because um, it almost goes back with a little bit of backspin. But, yeah, it's, it's just really flat. Um, but that flatness of trajectory also means that because there's no topspin, that there's a really small margin for error over the net uh, when she's playing that back end. Now, obviously, she does it really well. She uh, She's trained... Um, so much she's um, you know worked out what she wants to do on that backhand side and she executes it brilliantly um, but it isn't all that simple to 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 learn and to do I guess um, you know so so I'd say to you can give it a try try the pimples on your backhand see what it feels like see if you can adapt to that playing style and see if you can uh, learn to control um, the back end with those pimples as well. Um, if you can, it can be really effective and really simple, but it isn't as easy as it looks, I guess, to start off with. Yeah. So that raises another interesting question. If you're going to try something like this, like switching to a short pimples, how long do you need to give it before you kind of decide whether it's good for you or not? Yeah. You need to give it a while. Um, a while meaning at least you know two weeks in training um you need to play a tournament with it uh, or some matches or you know some competition with it um before you really find out what it what it feels like and how effective it is i often see players um change rubber they have a hit with it it feels great um and that's it you know then they go out and play a tournament on the next day um the really important thing is the first time you play with a rubber, and this is there's a lot of psych in there in here as well. Um, w when you play with a rubber first time, often there's no expectations from yourself, and you play really freely and the way you want to play. Um, and often that first hit is exceptional. You play really really well, and that often lulls you into a um, a bit of a false sense of security. And if you went and played a tournament the next day, you know, where there's a bit of pressure, et cetera, et cetera, um, things don't necessarily work out um, that same way. So the first thing is, if you're going to change, change for at least a couple of weeks before you play some competition, but give it a good couple of weeks to really learn and um, adapt to it too. So, you know, if after three hits, you find oh, it's not really feeling great. Don't discard it straight away. See if you can work things out. See if you can start to adapt to it. Um, you know, whatever it is, whatever that change is, see if you can adapt to it and then uh, go from there. Interesting. Now, I believe, Alois, once upon a time, you tried short pips for a while. I did. I tried it for a year. I was disastrous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um like my backhand was never any good and I thought, oh, well, I'll change to short pips and that might be the answer. Um, it just made a bigger hole in my backhand, you know, like I was missing the table by further than, uh, <laughs> than, than I would have normally. So, uh, yeah. Um, but well, for everybody. It's not for everybody, but, yeah, it is. it certainly is for some people. So, um, you know, it's and it's worth giving a try. Excellent. All right. Well, Ken, give it a go and let us know how you get on. I'll be excited to see. Yeah. And and I think that's good to have um, someone that you like, their style of game, and then try and emulate them. That's a um, very good way to go about things. 
All right. Next up is a question now about Dmitry Ovcharov and his tomahawk serve alloys. Because um, you can see when he does the tomahawk serve, he tends to toss the ball sideways. And according to the rules, that might not be, you know, nearly vertical. So why is he not getting faulted when he's serving like that? Yeah. So when when Ovcharov does that um high toss tomahawk serve he starts you know somewhere in the middle of the table and he hits it uh you know near his forehand corner now the the thing about the rule with um the ball toss is that it says that it needs to be almost vertical now Ovcharov's throwing that ball up a long way so if you look at the actual angle that the ball is leaving his hand and and in flight it isn't a a big angle, you know. It's so, almost vertical, you might say. Well, yeah, it is almost vertical. I mean, I, I'm not saying that it's definitely great, um, but that's the reason that he doesn't get called for it. Is it's because the umpires have um, that tolerance in their um, in the rules about what vertical is. So that, vertical doesn't mean it has to go up and land on the same pinpoint as um, as it went up from um it they you know they talk about some different angles etc that, that that the trajectory of the ball can travel in but yeah i mean it, I, to me it doesn't look good um you know i think um and and the reason it doesn't look good is because there's a real um there's the table there that you can compare it to because he's tossing mm-hmm. it sideways. A lot of players toss the ball backwards in towards them, and because of the camera angles, you don't really see that that well. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of other other serves that uh, are much worse than that of Jarov serve, where they're throwing the ball almost straight back um, into their rackets and generating more speed off their racket with that. Whereas of Jarov, I don't think is gaining a, a real lot of um, um, advantage out of the um, trajectory of the ball um, as far as far as you know not throwing it vertical he is he's getting the the advantage because he's throwing the ball up high yeah which is legal yeah and, and so you think if he didn't throw the ball up high and only threw it up like you know um, the required amount the, the height yeah. of the net and it still moved that far sideways be a much yeah. bigger angle and he probably would almost certainly be faulted He'd definitely be faulted. If if the ball moved that far off a short, low-toss serve, then no doubt that would be an illegal serve because the ball, the, the, the trajectory wouldn't be almost vertical. But because he's throwing it up so high, um, it is almost vertical. And, and this happened to a player that I was um, benching for at a Commonwealth Games. Yeah, Commonwealth mm-hmm. Games, I think, in 2010. And, um, and she got called for... Um, not throwing it up vertically, but she was doing this high toss serve that, you know, the ball was almost going up vertically, but because it was moving, you know, um, half a metre, um, the umpire called it and I wasn't very happy. But anyway. Um, <laughs> and but as a yeah. player, if you just trained that serve over and over for years and suddenly it's you're not allowed to do it because you're getting faulted on it, it's pretty hard to actually adjust that Yeah, that it, is. it is. It is. It it is difficult to adjust, but yeah, I think that's um, we need to have that um, uh, ability as well, that uh, adaptable ability um, in our in our games as well nowadays. 
Yeah, interesting. And I, I think it just still goes back to the service rules are too complicated. We've got to <laughs> simplify them. Too many rules. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's... would it matter if you allowed them to throw it at a bit of an angle? I mean, maybe the serves would be a bit better. And I guess they're worried that the just people are not going to be able to return serves and it's not going to be great to watch. But in yeah, Texas, exactly. how many aces get hit? No one cares. They go, oh, that's a great serve. Yeah, but speed is easily recognisable. Spin isn't um, for the mm. spectator. And the, the problem is the, the reason why they have that almost vertical rule is because if you throw the ball into your racket really hard, you can generate crazy amounts of spin. Um so that's why, and and it's it can almost be unreturnable. So if you throw the ball into your racket really hard, and um and and spin the ball, it's almost unreturnable, even even for the better players. Mm. But then if you still got the and this is where it's hard because what rules do you change? But if you still got the minimum height that you've got to throw it up and you've got to hit yes. it while it's coming downwards, then yes. it probably doesn't matter how much to the side you throw it. That's right. I think that's that's a, that's a good option. So I I mean for me, it, I, I think you need to throw the ball above your head, um, and then yeah, anything then goes. and th- then almost anything goes. That's right. Ooh, yeah. but that's quite interesting. But I I imagine like for young people just beginning to play, throwing it up that high and serving on the table is actually quite a skill. Yeah, but I mean you. As as a beginner starting, you know you you don't you don't necessarily start with all the legal rules anyway. You know, um, holding the ball on your on the palm of your hand, etc. And that's just a skill that you can start to develop. You know, as you as you play, it might take a bit longer, but um, kids will be able to pick that up pretty pretty easily too. Yeah, and then I just think some of the other rules that you can't the umpire can't enforce or can't see from where they're sitting. Makes it hard, like, yeah, obscuring the ball and stuff. So, yeah, maybe maybe we should put a a rule proposal forward, Alice. You just throw it above your head and that's the only rule. Then you can try and hide it as much as you want. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's something. There's something to it. Anyway, if you've got thoughts on the service rule, let us know. Let <laughs> us know. Indeed. All right. Well, that brings us on to the Who Am I competition. Alois, you are stumping everyone with this Who Am oh, I. Yes, finally. Finally, I found one that was that's a bit more difficult. So the clues so far are, let me just get them. Yes, um, that would be helpful. That. Well, Who Am I, Episode 8. Yes, exactly. Who Am I, Episode 8. So I've represented two countries internationally. That was week one. Mm-hmm. Last week, the clue was I once I was once in the Army Commando Unit. Wow. And this week's clue is I am in the ITTF Hall of Fame. So that definitely narrows things down a bit, folks. Certainly so, does. I mean, the first clue put me out. I match none of those alloys. No, no, there you go. It's definitely not me, so don't put me down. You haven't. You're not in the Army Commando Unit at any stage, Jeff. Never, never, never. been in the okay. Army Commando Unit, and okay. never been in the IDF Hall of Fame. There you go. Oh. All right. Well, here, here's a clue. It's not Jeff Flum. I'm like almost the furthest away from all these things possible. 
there you go. So yeah, get your entries in. You go to the competitions section on uh, on the Ping Skills website. Yeah, uh, click on your name and then you'll see the drop down list and hit competitions and you'll find who am I episode eight there. Yeah. Get in get in the, your answers. I think I might have stumped them again, Jeffrey. Think you may have. This is a good one. I like this. Yes. And this would be a good one for when we actually turn all these ones into like a a, a physical game. That's right. I still want to Hard do that game. at some stage. Hard game, yep. <laughs> That'd be good. Um now, back to the World Almanac alloy. Oh, we're back there again. I thought we'd yeah. done that. Well, oh, we did, okay. but there's another one here. It's kind of weird because, you know, you do On This Week about the birthdays. Well, the Almanac kind of ties in with On That Week. Maybe it should be combined. But in today in history, On This Week, on the 17th of February in yep. 1976, the best-selling album of all time – Eagles, the greatest hits, 1971 and 1975, was released. Wasn't Don McLean, American Pie? <laughs> no, I don't think that was the greatest album ever released. <laughs> don't even know if it was an album, actually. but uh, There you go. Exactly. Uh, that's the almanac. And then I do have, because we kind of split it up a little bit, I have some still a few OMG facts. All right. I just want to rattle okay. some off and then see what you say. Yeah. So the cables of the Golden Gate Bridge contain 80,000 miles of steel wire. What? That's a lot. 000. That is a lot of miles. Well, that's yep. a good one. Yeah. From from one giant redwood or how do you say this? Sequ sequoia? Sequoia. Sequoia. Sequoia, of course. Sequoia. Se from sequoia. one giant redwood or sequoia. And I went and visited one of these sequoia forests when I was in the U.S. Amazing. It would be possible to build 60 average-sized houses. No. Yeah, from one. 60 houses? Yes, 60 houses. That's good. Um, that is good. Subway was started by 17-year-old Frederick DeLuca, who was only looking for a way to pay for medical school. There you go. I guess he did that. He, he maybe never went to medical school school after. Well, yeah, his name is. Out. I his don't name know. Is, his name isn't Doctor Luca, is it? <laughs> Doctor Luca? I don't know. I don't think it is. So there you go. There you go. Um, and here is an interesting one. In two thousand and one, a cat named Skittles walked three hundred and fifty miles from Wisconsin to her home in Minnesota after being lost on a family vacation. No. You see, you yeah, these, OMG fact. You hear these stories. Really, I want to meet this cat. <laughs> it does sound impossible, doesn't it? How could it possibly know the direction back home from 350 miles? Yeah. Like, if you put we you 350 miles from your home, you would never get back, Alloys. <laughs> no. No. Well, maybe with Google, maybe with your phone and Google Maps, you might be able to do it. But, you know, in a strange country. No, that's right. Maybe yeah. cats are just brilliant. Um, Unlike, yeah. And here's sorry. a little tip for people that like, haven't um, seen Australian movies. You know, we get a lot of international audience alloys. And yeah. kind of on that theme, but about a dog, is a movie called Red Dog. Yes. 
Yeah, and it is a really good film, and you should go and watch it. Um, I've, act- I've actually seen it, but I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember what a good movie it was. Alice never remembers any movie he ever watches. No, it, it, but, but it's a but, comedy uh, drama to the, in, released in 2011, um, and. It's about a dog, obviously. It's about, and it's, a, it's based on a true story. That's why I bring it up. Similar to this cat, um, it's based on a true story of Red Dog and uses the 2002 novel as the primary source. And it was nominated in nine categories um, for the 2011 Inside Film Awards, which is massive. <laughs> the Inside Maybe Film Awards, but it's big here. The Inside Film Awards. What is that? Is that like someone's house awards or something? Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh dear. Who knows? How did we get there, Jeff? How did we get to Red Dog from? They walk 350 miles. Red Dog goes on a bit of a a journey. Don't spoil it, Jeff. Just a bit of a journey. That's all I said. I'm not spoiling anything. You've just told people to go and watch it. Now you're telling them the plot. <laughs> you could tell me the plot because I'll forget it by the time I go to watch it. But <laughs> don't tell people that with a memory. <laughs> oh dear. Yes. Um, oh, is that it? Is that it? They, they, it. Were, they, were, good. they were good OMG facts, Jeff. I, I, yeah, definitely better than the almanac things. But anyway. Yeah, um, the almanac's a bit of a dud. But I'm, I don't have many OMG facts left. We're gonna have to see what it, happens. If anyone's got any other ideas for a segment. But, you know, 2005 YouTube, Valentine's Day, that wasn't bad. Yeah, that was good, actually. Yeah, that, that yeah, was no, good. So, you know, it's, it's not the worst ever. And, again, if you've got any jokes, send them in. <laughs> if you've got anything to help Jeff out, any jokes, any facts, anything that's interesting, just let us know, please. Or, or if you think you'd like to host the show instead, come and have a go. <laughs> uh, Maybe we could do that. Maybe we could have some guest hosters. <laughs> yes, that's a great idea. All right. Oh, uh, Very good. No, they, they'd never last, Jeff. Oh, of course not. Yes, exactly. Definitely it's all not. about persistence, isn't it? Yep. It's definitely not 360. How many shows have we done? 300. This is the 365th, I believe. 365 shows now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a lot. See, there's got to be some kind of inspirational poster about persistence. We should That's rock right. it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah. Well, as always, thank you, listeners. Appreciate you uh, your support. Make sure you head over to pinkskills.com and check out the latest videos. And... Of course, we need to thank our guru, Alois. Thank you again for your words of wisdom. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you to all of you listeners out there that uh, that make us coming come back to doing this show every week. So thanks, guys. Thank you, and see you again next week. Bye.